0: Here we go, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Do ball? Gonna be a quick one, but we got a lot of content to get to. This is episode show number twenty-five. My name is Scott. I'm your Teal Shirt Report podcast host. I'm even wearing the uh, trusty uh, teal shirt report to the, or I should say, I'm wearing the teal shirt today. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. There, yes, there is a teal shirt. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Episode show number twenty-five, season number three. Going to talk about the number one draft pick overall, Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I mean it's been documented. I really wanted Evan Neal or an offensive player, particularly an offensive lineman like Evan Neal, who went to the Giants number seven overall. But Trayvon Walker, I thought of him as a big kind of you know kind of a big end, and and now I'm I'm getting you know some word out that. You know, there's been a couple of, what, rookie minicamp practices already this past week, and Trayvon Walker's showing out with talent, size, speed, and the big P, potential. And not only is he kind of equipped from a size standpoint to play defensive end, this joker might be playing linebacker. Yeah, the, jo- the, the joker, Trayvon Walker. I don't know why I called him the joker, but... He is the number one draft pick overall, which means the pressure's on, not just Trayvon Walker, but general manager Trent Blanke. So the way I look at it, number one draft pick overall, Trayvon Walker with all the talent, size, speed, and especially potential in the world, playing defensive end, but now maybe even more so playing linebacker on the edge. Um, He needs to be a beast uh, for this number one overall draft pick to be worth its weight in teal and gold and black, right? Teal and black. There's gold on the uniform too, so he needs to be a golden guy. Number one draft pick overall. Again, I'll repeat, defensive end, maybe more in particular linebacker, Trayvon Walker, with all the talent, size, speed, and potential out of the University of Georgia, he needs to be a beast for the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. We're going to talk about the offense today. We've just spent some time talking about Trayvon Walker, the number one draft pick overall, and the Jags spent that pick on a defensive player, as you know, as we've just talked about Trayvon Walker, and then late in the first round, they They traded back up into the draft and got uh, a a lot of uh, people talk even more about uh, uh, Devin Lloyd than they do about Trayvon Walker. Devin Lloyd was a 27th pick overall in the first round. Some people thought he might have even should have gone sooner than the 27th pick overall. Time will tell, but the Jags uh, got a couple of guys for their defense in the first round, as you know. This is episode show number 25 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We are, yes, brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a a podcast. That's Anchor.fm, the simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with great creation tools at Anchor.fm. A lot of improvements and enhancements with Anchor. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. I know I was at the, I was, I can't say this too loud though, but I was at the grocery store at the checkout line and my good friend Warren was checking me out. A lot of times I see Warren all over the store doing things. I'm not going to say which store because, you know, we, we, we'd have to charge him, you know, charge the grocery store for an ad. But but what I'm going to tell you is he's at the store that I go to all the time. And all of a sudden I'm checking out and I hear Warren tell his buddy, Hey, that's uh that's Scott, the one that does the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So certainly a badge of honor that, Kind of made me stick out the chest a little more going out to the store today. Warren's a great guy, too, and we appreciate him tuning in. Going to have to add Mr. Warren to our uh, shout-out list today, and Michael over at the same uh, grocery store as well. We're in there all the time. And uh, some people might guess where it is. If you do, write to me, Scott, at BigJReport.com. That's Scott at BigJReport.com. That's the email address where you can reach me. At the teal shirt report podcast also you can follow us on our website at bigjreport.com where we have a lot of links for the teal shirt report podcast and other interesting um, uh, and very good shows as well so talking about our sponsors anchor.fm simplest and easiest way to make a podcast great creation tools with anchor I want to talk about my good friend um uh, Larry's saucer. Larry sent me a picture the other day of some kind of barbecue grill a couple days ago. I'm saying, what is this? I said, that looks kind of interesting. And he said, oh, yeah, we're cooking out uh, sausage dogs and steak dogs in this uh, this uh, grill on the grill. Man, it looked pretty good. And um, Larry uh, was telling me the next. Hey, we're going to have lunch soon again. We had lunch at Pier six over in uh, McClenny, uh, what about a week or two ago a lot of fun good food too over there so good talking about our sponsor saucerility, realty and capital for your real estate needs in north florida whether you're in jacksonville Gainesville, live oak lake city somewhere in between or even a little bit south of our area uh larry is doing a lot of real estate deals uh, for a home residential real estate um, property commercial in uh what is that commercial and business real estate, all right? Commercial, commercial property, uh, business property. So go to our website, bigjreport.com, scroll all the way down in the homepage until you find our 24 seven weather information. We have the North Florida weather on there 24 seven and inside the weather report, about halfway through the weather report, you'll find the link to saw Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida. A lot of people have been wanting to, you know, buy property in our area, and even at times sell property. So there's a need for people to sell, people to buy. And hey, it's happening here in North Florida, and we're listened to in as many as 36 states. So if you ever decide you want to move down here and get around some really good weather, and still have a little nip of the cooler, cold weather during the winter, North Florida, man, is uh, is a place to be. Salserility and capital. You know, for your home, residential real estate, business, or commercial real estate, Larry Saucer and his staff at Saucer Realty and Capital. You'll find the link to Saucer Realty on our website at bigjreport.com. You scroll all the way down to the homepage and find the 24-7 weather information. And don't forget, Hits.com, great internet radio. They got Rock Saturdays coming at you each Saturday. Uh, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights, deep cuts, um, well, deep cuts, album tracks, unique songs late at night. And then, uh, you know, they got those recognizable hits during the daytime as well. So check them out, LakeYepaulahits.com. Great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. That's com. And for the Mad Max mix, join the, um, and you know, Max is gradually becoming a Jaguars fan. I think he used to be a Falcons fan years ago. I think he might be, you know, kind of jumping on board with the teal and black and gold gold a little bit. A lot of people have to remember the Jags are teal and black and a little bit of gold, too, uh, in their logo. So Mad Max, I know he listens to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is episode show number 25. And he's also a sponsor. That's right. The Mad Max Mix can be listened to uh, Wednesday nights, the uh, the Internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. He plays uh, classic rock pop hits from days gone by. I think sometimes Max Dale was into some of the, the newer songs to a degree. I think sometimes he doesn't go back real far on some songs, but then some songs he goes way back. I mean, I've heard him play. Did I hear Max play Badfinger one night several weeks ago? But he plays Atlanta Rhythm Section, Leonard Skinner, Van Halen, among groups I've heard. Lots of great, great uh, songs. Um, check him out, Mad Max, uh, the late John Lennon. I've heard him play the late John Lennon. Played the song I like called uh, Watching the Wheels. So a lot of great songs. Wednesday night, uh, music request show. That's the uh, Internet Radio Wednesday Night Music Request Show from six to eight Central Time. That's seven until nine o'clock Eastern Time. The MadMaxMix.weebly.com. You can find the easy to click on links on our website at BigJReport.com. BigJReport.com. Go to the Neighbors Two section or the Outside the Box section if you want to get kind of a description of Max's show and some of the groups he plays. Go to the Outside the Box section. Uh, on the BigJReport.com website. So that's a look at some of our uh, sponsors. We're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp today. The Jacksonville Icemen have concluded their season. They made a nice playoff run through two rounds of the playoffs. Going to talk semi-pro football, North Florida Entertainment. Alex nunnery has some reports too. And Alex said, hey, you missed my Bartram Trail reports in high school baseball. Bartram Trail has got one heck of a high school baseball team. They, they actually... As I understand it from Alex, uh, Bartram Trail the other day uh, eliminated the Apopka Blue Darters. And, and the Apopka Blue Darters had really a heck of a high school baseball team, too. So I believe Bartram Trail beat Apopka in the, uh, uh, I want to say the regional playoffs, either the district or I believe the regional playoffs in high school baseball. So Alex will have some high school baseball reports coming up, too. We were talking about Trayvon Walker. He needs to be a beast. Number one draft pick overall. Got to get some sacks, tackles. He's a big guy. I mean, you look at him like in a picture or video, you're saying, my gosh, this guy could be a beast in the NFL. Trayvon Walker and general manager Trent Baalke has kind of put his reputation out there by picking this guy. There was really no clear cut number one pick in the NFL draft. I mean, I liked Evan Neal. He went to the Giants with a seventh pick overall. But I wanted offense, particularly offensive line. But that was me. Trayvon Walker's the pick for the number one pick overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hopefully the Jaguars won't be picking number one overall for a long, long time. And hopefully Trayvon Walker becomes a very good player. Maybe a great player. Maybe a superstar player. Time will tell. And then I heard all this stuff about, uh, I, I kind of figured he played the big end. I mean, 6'5". 272 to 275 um, as far as the weight goes, 6'5", 272 to 275 pounds. I figure he's going to play the big end defensive end in the NFL. Then I got all these people that I'm, I'm hearing things from the minicamp saying, he may play linebacker, but he's got a lot of speed. He's got the talent, size, speed, and potential. Trayvon Walker, the number one draft pick overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Time will tell on Mr. Trayvon Walker. Uh, We're also going to take a look at the wide receiver position. So we talked about Trayvon Walker, and we talked about Devin Lloyd, the first two selections for the Jaguars, both in the first round. And uh, the interesting thing about that is they're both defensive picks, but we're going to talk about offense. I mean, there was a lot of – keep in mind, there was um, a lot of free agent signings uh, back in March for offensive players. You know, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. So we're going to talk about the wide receivers, and we're going to, you know, delve into some of this North Florida entertainment and other area sports as well. But let's take a look. I, you know, I wrote a little, little piece about wide receivers um, for the Facebook group and the website. So slight chance of rain, by the way, in Jacksonville today on this uh, May fifteenth. I think we're still at about a. Twenty percent chance. I look out the window. Uh, got a little bit of cloud cover. It's going to be kind of clear to partly cloudy the next day or two, with about a twenty percent chance of rain for the for the most part. Warmer temperatures too. High temperatures, man, going to get up to around what eighty six or eighty seven. Um, basically, the upper eighties is where we're headed to now. So let's talk about the wide receivers. For for here in Jacksonville with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wrote a little piece about it. I'm going to talk about it. The wide receiver situation for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some thoughts I have about it. Uh, The major thing, and this is, I would say, over the last one to even four years or somewhere in between. The wide receiver situation for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some thoughts I have. The major thing the Jaguars wide receivers need to do is cut down on the drop passes. LaVisca Chennault dropped a lot of passes. Uh, Wide receivers that are no longer on the team. Of course, LaVisca Chennault is still on the team. And we got listeners in Colorado where he played his college ball. I love LaVisca Chennault. I still think he's got a really good chance to be a star in this league. But there's a couple of things he's got to do. And, you know, all these players have been in the league for a year or two. LaVisca's been in the the league for two years. He dropped some passes last year. He's moving into year three. This is a critical year for Labisca Chenault with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There were rumors galore that the Jags might even uh, trade LaVisca Chenault in the offseason. That didn't happen. He's still with the team. I'm glad he is. I like him. I'd hate to see him go flourish somewhere else. He's got some new coaches now. And maybe... That will actually be a help. It's kind of what we're hoping for. Taking a look at the wide receiver situation, I did take a little bit of time thinking about the wide receivers. i kind going to put it into my, my thoughts. The wide receiver situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars, some thoughts. The major thing the Jaguars wide receivers need to do is to cut down and drop passes. That's why the Jaguars went out and signed Arizona's uh, wide receiver, Kristen Kirk, um, the signing, the Jaguars signed free agent wide receiver, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, he was signed. He got 77 catches last year with the Cardinals, hopefully. And, you know, I'm being conservative when I say this, hopefully it's going to be 60 plus catches at least with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022, obviously, if he and the rest of the group can stay healthy. LaVisca, I talk about LaVisca in this little article I put together. LaVisca, uh needs to cut down on the drops and find a faster gear moving around out there. I think he may have a faster gear. Let's see it this year in year three. Marvin Jones Jr. Man, he's a professional receiver. Uh, he's he's not a number one, but man, he's a he could be a one B, a two A, or maybe a a three double A. I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. He's a he's a professional receiver. Great guy to have. He's going to catch some touchdowns as long as he's here and he stays healthy. Hopefully, this is a this is a name that we may hear more about, and hopefully he makes the 53. And I'm talking about uh, Notre Dame wide receiver Kevin Austin. He was not drafted in the first seven rounds by the Jaguars, but he was signed very quickly as an undrafted free agent. He was given pretty good money as an undrafted free agent, just like uh, when the Jags signed the quarterback, the Ivy Leaguer, uh, what was his name? EJ Perry. There's probably, he probably, he might be somewhere like third string or four string on the depth chart right now, but he, he's a pick, uh, you know, a guy the Jaguars feel like they can work with, um, quarterback EJ Perry that may have some uh, potential and, you know, he'll get an opportunity in the, the mini camps and the ETAs and, We'll see how he does and progresses. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a starting quarterback. He is and he will be. As long as he's healthy. Health is is one of the key things, especially at the wide receiver position. Marvin Jones Jr., as I mentioned, is a professional receiver. Hopefully Notre Dame wide receiver Kevin Austin, the undrafted free agent. I think he I think he was the first guy. I think he was actually the first guy the Jaguars signed as an undrafted free agent. They, they they went after him quick, quickly. Hopefully, Notre Dame wide receiver Kevin Austin, the undrafted free agent, will be good enough to stick with the team as we move into late August and September in the late part of training camp. Uh, I think free agent wide receiver Zay Jones could be, you know, sitting on a lot of untapped potential. Um i mean zay jones is a wide receiver who's had a lot of potential need to step up how good can he be is he just a number three or number four wide receiver will we see more out of zay jones the free agent that the jags signed for pretty good money he spent most of his career with the buffalo bills the las vegas raiders and now the jaguars have signed him as a free agent so wide receiver zay jones could be sitting on a lot of untapped potential, and he could be the wild card with the receiving core. Um, A lot of people started liking uh, Laquan Treadwell late in the year. Veteran wide receiver Laquan Treadwell seemed to play much better late in the 2021 season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a player that could be, you know, tucked away on the practice squad if nobody else grabs him. If he doesn't, you know make the 53 but he could make the 53 we'll see what happens um you gotta hope the guy from Notre Dame maybe shows us more than we even think he's got right wide receiver Kevin Austin the uh, undrafted rookie free agent so wide receiver Laquan Treadwell seemed to play much better late in the 2021 season for the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, so it will be some pretty good competition at wide receiver and training camp here in 2022. I see the Jaguars probably going high, though, in the draft, in the college football player draft in 2023. I think next year for a wide receiver, I think the Jags go after a wide receiver early in the first or second round next year. And that's the Jaguars wide receiver uh, situation. Uh, That is my take today. On the Jaguars' wide receivers, and we, we did talk about Trayvon uh, Walker a few minutes ago as well. If you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number twenty-five. Twenty-five is what? Twenty-five cents is a quarter, right? So we're about quarter. Are we about a quarter through the year now? And you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I guess we're uh, a little more over a quarter of the year. This is already May fifteenth. We'll have more of the Teal Shirt Report Podcast coming up. I'm going to talk about the Jumbo Shrimp. The Icemen now have wrapped up their season. Semi-pro football. North Park Entertainment coming up. Alex nunnery has got some reports too. I believe Bartram Trail knocked uh, a popka out of the high school baseball regional playoffs. And we'll we'll talk more about all this stuff as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. And we'll be right back. Stand by and stay tuned. <laughs> Here we go, Uh, T-shirt Report podcast Uh, second segment uh, coming up. Going to talk about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. They're twenty and fifteen. Man, they started out like two and five this year. Won a game, lost a couple more. Man, they started off dreadfully the first um, you know week or two of the season. The Jumbo Shrimp turned it around. They're 20 and 15, although they lost to the Nashville Sounds eight to five on Saturday night, May the 14th. But overall, man, the Jumbo Shrimp and Triple A baseball having a pretty good year. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp with twenty wins already. They're twenty and fifteen on the season in AAA baseball. Jacksonville Iceman have ended their 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 fifth season in Jacksonville in style by making it to the East Coast Hockey League playoffs. They swept Atlanta four games to none, but then they ran into, you know, really one of the most uh, iconic franchises in the East Coast Hockey League in the team from South Florida, the Florida Everblades. I believe they played down in South Florida around where Estero, I believe. So the Iceman got caught in a difficult situation um, the Iceman's goaltender, Francois, was uh, one of the top goalies in the East Coast Hockey League. So uh, so uh, congratulations to Francois on uh, being the top goalie in the East Coast Hockey League. However, the second round of the playoffs were, you know, you probably caught, I, I guess the Iceman really, you know, caught uh, uh, the Florida Everblades finally putting it together. I don't think they really ever put it all together most of the season until this playoff series against the Iceman. So the Iceman are eliminated four games to none against the Florida Everblades after the Iceman beat the Atlantic Gladiators four games to none in uh, the first round. So the Iceman go down in their fifth season. We're going to do a lot more coverage of the Iceman uh, next year in their sixth season. Um, I've been talking about doing an interview with Bob Marabolo. We're still going to attempt to do that soon and probably now in the offseason. But, man, Jacksonville Iceman Hockey, man, it is becoming a big thing in Jacksonville. Five seasons in now. They just uh, several months ago bought the Ice and Sports Complex where they're going to have actually two sheets of ice out there uh, to practice on. Maybe they'll play some scrimmage games out there. And I also heard that uh, there's going to be, you know, a lot of kids like to play, you know, little video games. I think they're going to have some 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 games out there. I'm picturing maybe a, a gift shop for the Jacksonville Iceman out there, but we'll find out. I'd, I'd love to find, find out more about the ice and sports complex situation. The Southern Steam used to play their indoor football games there, but now they've gone up to Macon since the ice and sports complex was bought by the Jacksonville Iceman. So I hope to do an interview with uh, Bob Arableau, you know, in the coming days, coming weeks, what have you. As the Jacksonville Iceman have completed five years in Jacksonville, man, they are a huge hit and success. And as I understand it, reports I had gotten said the Iceman, the Jacksonville Iceman, and their ownership group, I think have about $20 million tied up in the Ice and Sports Complex to develop. The Ice and Sports Complex near the Phillips and Emerson area, they're going to have... Uh, I believe they've got one sheet of ice down. They're going to put a second sheet of ice down. They have a big practice facility. Maybe they'll play scrimmage games out there. Maybe youth hockey is around the corner over there at the Ice and Sports Complex as well. It's going to get exciting. So we'll try to do an interview with Bob Arabolo in the coming days or coming weeks, uh, particularly during the offseason, and talk hockey with Bob Arablo who's part of uh, the management and ownership group with the uh, Jacksonville Iceman uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Pro hockey, been back in Jacksonville for five years. I think when I moved back to Jacksonville, I said, man, we don't have a hockey team. And I moved back here about 10 or 11 years ago, So, and, and the hockey was not here even before I came back. So I, th- I think Jacksonville might have been six or seven years or so without, without ice hockey. But the Jacksonville Icemen have brought it back, and they brought it back in grand fashion. The East Coast Hockey League is a really good hockey league. I remember when the AHL was in Jacksonville back in the mid-'70s with the Jacksonville Barons. Uh, What was the other league? When I was like five or six years old, the Jacksonville Rockets played. I think it was the old maybe Southern Hockey League. And then, of course, when I moved up to Georgia, spent a lot of time in Georgia and Alabama, when I was up there, the Jacksonville had the Barracudas, uh, the Jacksonville Bullets, the Barracudas, the Barracudas, the Bullets, and the Lizard Kings, and now, of course, the Jacksonville Icemen. So hockey is uh, man, back in a grand style uh, here in Jacksonville. The Icemen finishing and completing their fifth year of hockey in Jacksonville, and, of course, the Icemen... Um, play at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena, but they have also purchased uh, the Ice and Sports Complex where they're going to have some you know, some some practice rinks, so to speak. Uh, I think there's going to be some kind of video games out there, maybe for the younger generation, maybe the older guys. There's older folks that like the, uh, the games too. I'm not really a big gamer, but a lot of people are, as you know. So, and there's probably going to be, I'm guessing there'll be a, you know, like an Iceman gift shop out there when they get it all completed, but they are going to have a second sheet of ice out there, the Iceman Sports Complex. So it's going to end up being like, I think, as many as two um, official hockey rinks um, where, you know, they can practice. The Iceman can practice out there. Uh, Scrimmage games, maybe youth games. Uh, We'll try to get a line on, you know, what's going on. But, I mean, they are putting about close to $20 million into that facility, the Ice and Sports Complex uh, located near Emerson and Phillips in Jacksonville in the uh, south side uh, part of the Jacksonville, Florida area. We're going to talk semi-pro football. Man, I love to talk semi-pro football, the underworld of semi-pro football. And I say that in a nice, friendly way. Uh, because the reason why I do, because not everybody's aware of everything that goes on, man, it is like a fly by the seat of your pants, uh, uh, sporting event, uh, because there's lower leagues of arena, as you know, like, you know, the elite indoor football league, then you got the national arena league. And there are many, many, uh, arena football leagues. You got the IFL. I watched some of those games. Most of those teams are on the West coast. Um, and I'm going to miss some of the leagues, but I know the NAL, the IFL. There's, uh, there's the league that uh, heck that Enrique uh, Crumbs plays in. He plays in the AFA. Uh, he plays for the uh, Magnolia State Spartans. They recently played a team. They lost to the Wichita Force by I think by four points uh, two or three weeks back. There's a lot of arena leagues, indoor football leagues, and there's semi-pro outdoor football leagues as well, as you know. We try on our Facebook group and even uh, try to update it on our website to give you the semi-pro football situation. And when I talk about semi-pro football, I, I do like to include the indoor leagues, in that as well, because there's a lot of semi-pro football, outdoor leagues, as they say. Then there's indoor, you know, football leagues, you know, also that we're going to talk about. i tell you something cool. I saw a a pretty cool video about uh, uh, Jimmy Smith's son, a running back out of Wyoming, has been signed as an undrafted free agent by, really, his, his favorite team growing up as a kid, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, in the pride of the Jaguars, former Jags wide receiver Jimmy Smith, potentially a future Hall of Famer. His son played running back out in Wyoming. He's getting a tryout with the Jaguars as an undrafted free agent, and that's pretty cool. Jimmy Smith's son um, is uh, Jimmy Trey Smith III a former running back at Wyoming. Pretty cool stuff. I did want to make sure I mentioned this during the 25th episode and show with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, he, you know, the great thing about this, uh, Jimmy Trey Smith III, he's always been a Jaguars fan too. So when it came to signing, you know, a free agent, an undrafted free agent contract, because he, he wasn't drafted, of course, but when it, come, when it came to signing an undrafted uh, free agent contract with a team, man, you know the Jaguars were certainly, you know, his his number one choice, and I think that's uh, that's uh, really pretty cool stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, with that being said, we're going to try to move into, um, you know, actually some semi pro football, semi pro football report. Uh, I did a message with Bobby Damarole with the Elite Indoor Football League. They did not play last night. They had some issues with another league. They play some actually play the into indoor football league they because they're spread out all over the country they also play teams from other leagues sometimes and now there's been an issue with that and we'll try to discuss that i think i've got the um i think i've got that uh post that i can tell you about here in a moment but let's take a look at semi-pro football Semi-Pro Football Report: The APDFL Outdoor Football League, the Pensacola Jets forty-four, the Mobile Alabama Miners six, a final on Saturday, May fourteenth, of twenty twenty-two. I believe that from what I'm I'm hearing, the Miners' numbers are down as far as their roster size, to say the least. Uh, in the EAFL Spring Outdoor Football League, the Jacksonville Spartans defeated the Effingham Outlaws twenty-two to twelve. I want to thank Joaquin. Uh, for telling me about this game. Boy, he was excited to tell me they had won a game because they had, you know, they had been on kind of a losing streak, uh, for a little while. But Joaquin, uh, Pedroza, great guy too. We enjoyed talking to him. We went to a Jacksonville Spartans game, what, about three weeks ago? You know, at their, their home field on the south side of Jacksonville. And, uh, man, I'm excited to hear they, they won that, they won that football game. Um, you know, certainly, um, uh, last night on Saturday night, May the fourteenth. So we are gonna we're gonna talk more about semi pro football, outdoor, indoor football coming right up. You know, as we continue here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, we'll take a look at the majority of the semi pro football report. Continuing with that coming up. Okay yeah yeah here we are I'm kind of checking the underworld of semi-pro football indoor arena football and when i say the underworld i'm saying it in kind of a positive and fun way because it's i mean it's got a fan base that follows these different teams which is amazing uh these are guys that play for the love of the game so i mean it's a, what i'm saying is it's a whole different world than you know say the nfl or other sports and we're talking indoor football arena football semi-pro outdoor football i have a chance um from time to time to talk to bobby damerel and message with him you know the southern steam they have been everywhere they've been in before there was a southern steam they played in pennsylvania then they moved to savannah when bobby damerel i guess got involved with the team and became the coach and uh, became eventually the owner, and uh, they moved to Savannah, became the Savannah Steam for, what, a year or two, and then they moved to Statesboro and became the Southern Steam, came down to Jacksonville and played a couple of years under the uh, auspices and the name of the Southern Steam. So the Ice and Sports Complex um, gets completely, you know, bought, lock, stock, and barrel by the Jacksonville Icemen. So Southern Steam's looking for a home again, right? Uh, there were some rumors they might go out to the west side of Jacksonville, around Normandy, around the equestrian center. But Coach Bobby said, you know, it's going to be a difficult thing because we'd have to, you know, every game we'd have to go in there and, you know, put the boards and the playing surface down then take it up and put it back in. So they've decided to go up to Macon. A lot of their players, you know, to kind of give you an insight and an, a really inside look at – as I call it, the underworld of indoor arena football, which I mean nothing bad by it. I just think it's a completely different world. And there's, you know, in, in indoor and arena football, they got their own fans. I mean, some of the fans love indoor and arena football, and they're not particularly that crazy about the NFL, or they like both. A lot of people, you know, like both. I follow the Jaguars here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We do North Florida entertainment and other area sports, including indoor arena football, semi-pro football. We love to cover especially these local teams from Florida, Georgia, surrounding areas. So the Southern Steam back in Georgia, you know, they got that name, the Southern Steam. They can play about anywhere in the South. So what's interesting is most of their players that I have found the last couple of years when covering the team and reporting on the team and watching the team, as most of their players are from Florida or Georgia for the most part, Uh, some from North Florida, some from Central Florida. I think they had a good many players around the Central Florida area between Orlando and Tampa and places like that. So Jacksonville was kind of a hub city, kind of in the middle of where the Georgia players were and where the North Florida and Central Florida players were. So Jacksonville had tended to work out pretty good, and they had a pretty good uh, arrangement as far as, uh, you know, running the ice and sports complex the last couple of years. But now it's been bought by the Jacksonville Iceman. So I had a chance to message with Bobby Damerall. I said, Coach Damerall, did you guys play last night? He said, no, they didn't play last night. Their next game is going to be on the uh, 21st. Their next game will be on the 21st of May. They're playing their home games up in uh, Macon on that road. I believe it's called Starcadia." And um, so, again, you know, I saw some some stuff and heard some things that uh, um, I, I told Coach Bobby Damerel. I saw a post on the, the cross games from, you know, an EIF team playing a team from another league. And um, apparently there was an issue with another league, I believe the FAL. So at this juncture, at this time, the teams from the EIF have kind of had a falling out with the, the FAL, so they're not playing, you know, cross-league games with the FAL. So I asked, I asked Coach Dameron, when's your next game? He said it's going to be the 21st of May, the 21st of May. The Southern's team, they play in the Elite Indoor Football League. They're kind of independent sometimes, and they play teams from other leagues and it's really a, a pretty good experience for the players, the coaches, the fans that, you know, it's kind of an exciting thing to, you know, to, to be around and enjoy some, you know, some good indoor football. It's definitely indoor football or arena football, if you will. So, you know, I, um, I, you know, I'm kind of privileged to some information from the Southern steam because we'd followed them, uh, you know, for a couple of years, we're going to take a complete look at the, um, semi-pro football report along with uh, the Jacksonville Sharks won their first game. We're going to talk about that uh, in just a moment as well. I did see uh, a message. uh, It was a post by Elite Indoor Football for immediate release back on May the 9th of 2022. Today is May 15th. So about six days ago, and I guess that was uh, following maybe – you know, last weekend's games or the, you know, the weekend games um, that should have occurred, you know, I guess Saturday back when this post was made was after some Saturday games on May the 7th. So we, we saw this release from indoor football for immediate release on May 9th of 2022 after an unprofessional and dangerous situation that one of our EIF teams experienced uh, this past weekend, the Elite Indoor Football League has decided to cancel the rest of our crossover league games this season with the uh, federated arena league known as FAL. Um, from the Elite Indoor Football League, I'm assuming this comes uh, from Coach Bobby Damerall. I'm not sure who wrote this, but it's from the Elite Indoor Football League. And of course, Coach Bobby's high up with the the EIF. And um, the EIF Elite Indoor Football went on to say, we want to wish the best to Coach Holt and the Palmetto Colts with their season because we believe he is the only team in the FAL trying to be professional. That's what they said. The Elite Indoor Football League went on to say, we want to wish the best to Coach Holt and the Palmetto Colts with their season because we believe he is the only team in the FAL the Federated Arena Football League, trying to be professional. Our goal in the EIF, the lead Indoor Football uh, League, is to help teams survive and players to be seen and move up, you know, to other higher leagues, of course, as well as keep our teams professional and safe. All EIF teams, all Elite Indoor Football teams, play in safe venues and will continue to keep it that way. Any games scheduled with the FAL have already been refilled with EIF teams or with higher level teams as well, higher level league teams. So all scheduled dates within the EIF will still be played. And um, the EIF Elite Indoor Football League said, Thank you for understanding and everyone be safe. So I, I did want to mention that, um, you know, in our look at semi pro football with the semi-pro football report. Now we're going to go to some of the game scores. The Southern Steam did not play on May 14th. Their next game will be on May the 21st. But uh, let's uh, get set to take a look at um, our semi-pro uh, football report. We've also got North Florida Entertainment with some concerts coming up as well. Alex Nunry's high school baseball reports. And I believe we missed the Bartram um, uh, trail reports last time around, so we're gonna we're gonna join um, Alex Nunnery. Alex is everywhere. He's got Bartram Trail reports, Bishop Kenny High School baseball reports. Again, the Bartram Trail reports are Bartram Trail High School reports as well. So let's go back to the semi-pro football report that uh, you know we were talking about. You know, before the last break here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Here we go. We gave you the information. The Southern Steam with the lead Indoor Football League did not play on May 14th. Their next game will be on May 21st. Here's more of the semi-pro football report. APDFL Outdoor Football, the Pensacola Jets, defeated the Mobile Alabama Miners. I think we mentioned the score a little bit earlier. The Pensacola Jets, 44. The Mobile Alabama Miners, 6. A final on Saturday, uh, May 14th of 2022. Um, you know, we certainly want to, you know, thank our, our good friend who uh, keeps us up to date with APDFL uh, games, David Martin. Uh, David keeps us up to date with the APDFL, has good insight, good contacts uh, across the APDFL and other leagues too. So, again, David Martin, thank you for that score. Pensacola Jets 44, the Mobile Alabama Miners 6. A final score on Saturday, May 14th of 2022. In the EAFL Spring Outdoor Football League, the Jacksonville Spartans and uh, Coach Joaquin Pedroza gave us this score. The Jacksonville Spartans 22, the Effingham Outlaws 12, a final. The Effingham Outlaws are from up in um, the South Georgia area, I believe Southeast Georgia. Argyle Avengers twenty the Savannah Falcons eight to final Argyle now one of the better teams in the EAFL in the EAFL the Argyle Avengers now seven and two overall in the EAFL now and that game was played on um, Saturday night May fourteenth of twenty twenty two I talked to Solo uh, Mister Solo. Uh, reported that uh, score to me. He's got one of those long names. It's always hard to, for me to remember, so I always say, uh, you know, I always call him Solo, but, um, you know, his full name on his uh, Facebook page is Solo Don Lin. Good player to Solo. Great defensive back. I've seen him make some interceptions. He's a great punt returner. Plays on offense. I think he even played quarterback. Uh, one of the last games I went out to see, played a little bit of quarterback. I saw him, I think the same night he caught a touchdown pass as a wide receiver, too. So, he does it all. Uh, Solo is a, kind of an all-purpose guy. A wide receiver. Can play a little backup quarterback. Uh, defensive back and punt returner. Great athlete. Solo Don Data Lynn, who plays for the Argyle Avengers. Again, the Argyle Avengers, 20. The Savannah Falcons, eight. the final. The Argyle Avengers now 7-2 overall in the EAFL Football League now. And that game was played on Saturday, May 14th of 2022. Switching our attention to the National Arena League, the Jacksonville Sharks finally have won a game. But it's, um, you know, it's it's not like they've been beaten up and down the field by everybody. They lost three games to start the season, two of them in overtime. The other game they lost by a touchdown. So they they basically lost three games by by a grand total of 13 points. They beat Columbus. The Jacksonville Sharks obviously played their best game of the year. The Jacksonville Sharks 49, the uh, Columbus Georgia Lions 20. And um, so obviously – I want to tame Bobby Damrol sending me a message with the Southern Steam and the EIF E lead well, indoor football league as well. So we're going to try to find out who the opponent is. I know on May 21st, the Southern Steam will play in Macon. Their next game will be in Macon on May the 21st. And I believe all their home games up in Macon are at six o'clock P.M. But getting back to the Argyle Avengers, big win over the Savannah Falcons and the EAFL. The Argyle Avengers 20, the Savannah Falcons 8, the final. Argyle is now 7-2 overall in the EAFL. Now they're one of the better teams in the EAFL. And that game was played on Saturday, May 14th of 2022. Back to the news on the Jacksonville Sharks in the NAL. The National Arena League Jacksonville Sharks after losing their first three games by a grand total of 13 points, man, they had a big uh, blowout win over the Columbus Georgia lions. The interesting thing was Jacksonville played Columbus way back in their first game of the season. And they lost that game this time. Jacksonville's defense played well. Um, I've seen an emergence of, um, you know, a new wide receiver. They got a couple of really good wide receivers with the sharks and they ran Ran to a 49-20 victory over the Columbus-Georgia Lions. Uh, the Jacksonville Sharks 49, the Columbus-Georgia Lions 20. Uh, the final score on Saturday, May the 14th of 2022. So the Sharks now are 1-3. The Columbus-Georgia Lions did win the first matchup earlier in the season against the Sharks. The Jacksonville Sharks now are 1-3 in the National Arena League. So that's some of the latest of the, what I call kind of the, should I say it, <clears throat> the underworld of of uh, indoor football. I think Bobby Dameros uh, is sending me a, a message right now on who the next opponent will be for the Southern Steam. They will play May 21st up in Macon at their their new home field. Bobby is typing me something right now, messaging me about the next opponent. Next game is in Macon for the Southern Steam, May 21st. They play at 6 o'clock p.m. That'll be on Saturday night, May 21st at 6 o'clock p.m. As soon as I get the opponent, because I know some of the schedule has changed a little bit uh, for the Southern Steam. They do play at 6 o'clock p.m. They play at the the road is called Starcadia. And uh, we've mentioned the address before. Okay, here's the message I got from Coach Bobby Damroll. It's supposed to be the Alabama Empire that they're playing. But we are having issues with them. That's what Coach Bobby Damero said. So it could So it'll be interesting to see um, who the Southern Steam will play on May 21st. They'll find somebody to play, even if it's an all-star team or whoever wants to play, maybe from another league. Uh, Southern Steam, you know, interesting football. They play in the Elite Indoor Football League. But we kind of gave you the report about some of the um, situations about the cross leagues that uh, the EIF is not going to be playing um, uh, that, that other league uh, that we had mentioned a little bit earlier. So we'll get on back to uh, talking some uh, concerts. We'll talk some more concerts. We'll continue with the, um, the semi-pro football report. Uh, again, the Pensacola Jets knocked off the Mobile Alabama Miners 44-6. Uh, to 6. On Saturday, May 14th, in the EAFL Spring Outdoor Football League, uh, Jacksonville Spartans were victorious over the Effingham Outlaws. The Jacksonville Spartans 22, the Effingham Outlaws 12, a final. The Argyle Avengers 20, the Savannah Falcons 8. Final score on Saturday, May 14th. Argyle, the Argyle Avengers are now 7-2 and overall in the EAFL. National Arena League, Jacksonville Sharks get that first win, but Keep in mind they've scored more points for than they've given up against. They lost their first three games by a grand total of thirteen points, but they won their last game by twenty nine points. So if you you know if you do if you do the darn math, uh, the team is one in three. However. They've scored 16 more points than they've given up, but their record is one and three. So they're a pretty good. We have to say they're a pretty good one and three football team. Jacksonville Sharks uh, 49, the Columbus Georgia Lions 20. The final score on Saturday, May the 14th. Um, again, the Columbus Georgia Lions did win their first matchup earlier in the season. The Sharks are now nine and one in the national arena league we were messaging with uh, coach bobby damerall he told us again that the next opponent on may 21st the game will be played in macon they were supposed to play the alabama empire but now coach bobby damerall says they're having issues with them so there'll probably be a new opponent that'll be announced soon uh, for the lead indoor football league's uh, southern steam playing their home games up in uh, macon georgia Let's uh, take a look at uh, some of the latest concerts on uh, North Florida entertainment. You know, I snuck a peek at the national weather service and heard some rumblings of thunder and understand now there's actually some type of tornado watch. And I believe also in some areas, a tornado warning, you know, up around. And of course we're recording this podcast on uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, May 15th of 2022. So some rumblings of thunder uh, here in Jacksonville toward the west side, Riverside area of Jacksonville. However, to our north, around, uh, I'd say the perhaps the northeast part of Duval County and also up in Nassau County, uh, north of us, there's been actually a report of a tornado warning in the last few minutes. And that tornado warning may be in effect for another few minutes as we record this podcast It actually knocked us off um, line here a few moments ago, but we're, you know, obviously uh, back on now. Uh, We're talking sports, Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports as well. As we've been talking about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the Jacksonville Iceman, Semi-Pro Football, the Semi-Pro Football Report for the outdoor teams, the indoor and arena league uh, teams as well. And uh, talking North Florida entertainment, I was I was running down all the concert listings a few minutes ago, and we'd even been knocked off. So I've actually got to get back into the concert report. Steely Dan's uh, uh, show, as we've been talking about, uh, was uh, canceled, or I should say postponed, back in 2021. So we do have some of the uh, some of the shows that that are actually uh, coming up now will include steely dan steely dan will be uh playing at the times union center in jacksonville florida which is the old uh, civic auditorium where i used to watch a lot of shows years ago saw april wine back when i was a young young guy i think uh while i was going to college actually and i was in radio at the same time too but um At the Civic Auditorium, I saw April Wine, Frankie, and the Knockouts, a group called Spider. And when I worked at WJAX Radio in Jacksonville years and years ago, they had a trap door up there on the second floor of the Civic Auditorium. Now, I may be telling some secrets I shouldn't be telling, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Here on the Till Shirt Report podcast, it was a trap door, and it was either in the sales manager's office or the general manager's office at WJX Radio, kind of back behind the desk, you'd pick the trap door up and you were looking right down at the stage. I saw Chuck Mangione like that. Chuck Mangione. It's either pronounced Chuck Mangione or Chuck Mangione, depending on how you want to say it and who's saying it. So I saw Chuck Mangione. Man, what a a great instrumentalist, man. Some great music. I saw Chuck Mangione. I saw the Jay Giles Band. Um, It was actually, I think, a little bit prior to the Love Stinks album or maybe right when the Love Stinks album was coming out. So I saw Jay Giles. I saw Chuck Mangione. I was actually in a seat with my own ticket (laughs) in the Civic Auditorium for April Wine, Frankie and the Knockouts, and a group called Spider. That was a lot of fun. I went with a a good friend of mine who I just talked to here a few days ago, David Glover. Who I, I went to high school with, and uh, Dave Glover was um, at the uh, heck he was he was at the Civic, the old Civic Auditorium with me for the April Wine, Pranking the Knockouts, and the Spider Show. So shows coming up here in 2022. Several years later, as we move back into the present here, Stigley Dan at the Times Union Center in Jacksonville, Florida. The Times Union Center used to be the old Civic Auditorium, now known as the Times Union Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, that's right, the Steely Dan Show has now been rescheduled for this summer, July 20th of 2022 at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Times Union Performing Arts Moran Center here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, let's see, Brett Floyd, and, you know, Brett Floyd is going to be actually a tribute band to Pink Floyd. Brett Floyd, Brett, you like that name, Brett? Brett Floyd will be playing on a Wednesday night June the first at eight o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida, downtown Jacksonville. Ted Nugent, Saturday. That's right, Ted Nugent, the Motor City Madman. He's a little bit older now, as you know. He he's a good bit, bit older than me. I don't know how old Ted is, but he's getting up there. Ted Nugent and I asked, uh, you know, my 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 good friend Larry Saucer that owns uh, Saucer Realty and Capital, one of our sponsors. Larry told me a couple of years ago he was taking his son, one of his sons, to uh, see Ted Nugent at the uh, Florida Theater. And after the show, I asked Larry, I said, is Ted still swinging from that vine? You know, he used to kind of put on that Tarzan-looking outfit. Larry said, no, he's not swinging from any kind of vine. But uh, Ted Nugent is back uh, this summer. Ted Nugent uh, will be in uh, Jacksonville. Let's see, it's coming up. Uh, in just a few weeks, Ted Nugent on Saturday, July the 16th of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Don't forget also the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Show Wednesday nights. This is the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time and at 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time and Max has listened to Folks in Florida, Georgia, Alabama. He's got listeners up around Michigan and probably a lot of areas in between. The Mad Max, uh, the Mad Max Mix, the Mad Max Mix can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. That's madmaxmix.weebly.com. Or go to our website and uh, click on. Uh, one of the easy to click on links in the Neighbors 2 area at bigjreport.com or go to the outside the box section. There's an article about Mad Max and some of the, the groups and type of music he plays on the outside the box section at bigjreport.com. But check out the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio, the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night music request. You have from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And at the same time, it's 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time and can be accessed at madmaxmix.weebly.com or go to bigjreport.com to our Neighbors 2 section or the Outside the Box section. Also, Greta Van Fleet. Man, these guys sound like Led Zeppelin, don't they? The first time I ever heard of Greta Van Pleet, a guy had uh, a friend of mine or someone I was uh, acquainted with that I used to talk music with uh, here in Jacksonville. I forget the guy's name, but I would know him if I saw him. Can't think of his, his first name, though. But he was telling me about Greta Van Fleet. It's amazing how you can talk music with somebody and somebody can tell you about a group. You go check them out, and listen to them, and then you're hooked. Uh, Greta Van Fleet coming to Jacksonville, Florida on October. Let's see, that would be next October. That's in a few months from now. Greta Van Fleet coming to Jacksonville, Florida in October on October the 21st at 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, tickets on sale now for this show featuring Greta Van Fleet. Showtime and date Friday, October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, I've got to hit the Facebook group up because there's another show that that I don't have in the concert listing that. Uh, someone had posted that looked quite interesting over at the uh, St. Augustine Amphitheater. I think uh, I think Howard, uh, my, my good friend Hal, from the Facebook group, uh, posted it. He's kind of a, a music um, aficionado or connoisseur, if you will. Let me pull that up because I know I, I know we've got. Uh, I was laughing at some of the stuff at the BigJReport.com Facebook group. We got some entertainment on there, too. So check it out. Um, we talked about the wide receiver situation with the Jaguars, what, a little bit earlier. And um, we also want to wish my nephew, uh, Josh Mullis, a, uh, a very happy birthday on this May 15th as well. And let's see. I know I've got... Um, we talked about Jimmy Smith's son signing. Isn't that amazing? Jimmy Smith's son, Jimmy Trey Smith III, a former running back at Wyoming. Pretty cool stuff. He's always been a Jaguars fan, too. He's signed as an undrafted free agent by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Alex Nunnery reported that JU beat UNF last night on May 14th. JU beat UNF 5-4 to four last night. Michael Hicks, a pitcher, got the win. He's actually won his last three starts, according to uh, Alex Nunnery. Now, I'm going to try to find the um, that concert that uh, was posted by my good friend, Hal. Wow, how about this? Emmett Smith celebrating a birthday. Okay, I guess Emmett Smith's birthday is the same day as my, my nephew's. Happy birthday wishes to Emmett Smith. Great Florida Gator running back. Dallas Cowboys running back. I think Emmett's the all time rushing leader in the NFL, right? That's right. Barry Sanders, uh, you know, retired early. Emmett got the record, as I understand it. Okay. Happy birthday wishes to Emmett Smith. That Triple A baseball, Nashville Sounds uh, beat the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Tough loss on uh, Saturday night, May 14th. Triple A baseball, Nashville Sounds, eight. Nashville Sounds 8, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 5, a final on Saturday night, May 14th of 2022. But the Jumbo Shrimp are doing pretty good after getting off to that dreadful like 2-5 and five start. They're now 20 and 15, 20 wins and only 15 losses. And uh, there was a concert. You know, we got, there's a there's actually a, a couple of uh, cool um, YouTube shows you can watch. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later. There's some. Some good stuff on college football, and we may talk about it on the Tail Shirt Report as well. Okay, JC, one of our producers of the Tail Shirt Report podcast, he might really like this. Rick Springfield will be rocking the St. Augustine Amphitheater in St. Augustine on August the 5th. This is what Hal, our good friend Howard Cogswell, better known as Hal, uh he was known as Hal Jackson on the radio at WIBY years and years ago, but he worked in radio for, for a number of years. He's also a moderator in our Facebook group. But I was going to tell you, JC may be interested in Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield will be rocking the St. Augustine Amphitheater, same venue I saw Steely Dan at back in 2013. So we'll report Rick Springfield will be rocking the St. Augustine Amphitheater in St. Augustine on August the 5th. He's bringing men at work and John Wade with him. That's a pretty big-time show. I mean, these are guys – these guys were all big in the 1980s. Rick Springfield, who uh, – what was the soap opera Rick Springfield was on? It was either um, – was it General Hospital back in the day on, on ABC – I think, it was, I think he was on General Hospital. He was either One Life to Live or General Hospital. But Rick, Rick Springfield was an actor, also a musician. And man, he had that great song, Jesse's Girl and a few other hits too. But Rick Springfield will be rocking the St. Augustine Amphitheater in St. Augustine on August the 5th of 2022. He's bringing Minute Work and John Waite with him. Of course, you know we all knew Minute Work, the group Down Under. They did the song called Down Under, about a Vegemite sandwich or something like that. Minute Work was big for a couple of years. They were really a big-time group. John Waite, formerly of the Babies, and then he he got really popular as a solo artist. So that's a pretty good lineup for the St. Augustine Amphitheater. Rick Springfield will be rocking the St. Augustine Amphitheater in St. Augustine on August the 5th, and he's bringing Minute Work And John Waite with him. Man, that is that is a big time show. Check that out at Ticketmaster, right? Rick Springfield with Minute Work live in St. Augustine. John Waite will be there as well. Man, that's gonna be a big time show, August 5th at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. So that is pretty much gonna do it for um, North Florida Entertainment. We're gonna check in with our our good buddy Alex Nunnery right now. Alex is one of our Teal Shirt Report podcast producers. And, of course, you know, Alex is our Big J Report, one of our BigJReport.com sports reporters. He's also a producer here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to join Alex Nunry because uh, I think on our last podcast we may have missed a couple of his reports. But we're going to get the latest from Alex Nunry on high school baseball. A lot of the high school baseball – I should say a lot of the high school baseball district playoffs – Regional playoffs are taking place before the state tournament of high school baseball. A lot of good baseball teams, like Bishop Kenny, uh, playing Bartram Trail is still playing. I know that uh, the Apopka Blue Darters, Larry Cole's team down in Apopka, Florida, they just recently got knocked out. I think uh, I think Bartram beat them maybe five to nothing in a recent uh, regional. Uh, playoff game in high school baseball. Let's check in with Alex Nunnery. We're going to get some reports on Bartram Trail Baseball, Bishop Kenny Baseball, as we check some high school baseball and get some special reports now from Alex Nunnery, our BigJReport.com sports reporter. Here now is the one and the only Alex Nunnery. Alex, Alex is everywhere, guys. Here's Alex Nunnery.
1: The Spartans, they're the district champs for the third straight year. The Spartans, they defeated Trinity Christian 11 to 1 right here at Trinity Christian, at the hill of Trinity Christian. The hill of the stadium, of the home of the mighty Trinity Christian Conqueror, Conqueror's Baseball Team for the Spartans, they improved to 21 and 4 following a big 11 to 1 win over Trinity. Van Howell, his 100th career win, for Brad Hodges, he is nine and zero on the season for the Spartans. Congrats to the Episcopal Eagles, to the Bishop Kenny Crusaders, to the University Christian Fighting Christians, to the First Coast Buccaneers, and to the Bartram Trail Bears, and to the Bishop Snyder Cardinals. As ladies and gentlemen, all of those baseball teams in the Jacksonville area are district champions for their district. The Stanton Blue Devils. And the Inglewood Rams will play for the district championship tonight in baseball. The Rams. This is one of their better seasons for the Rams. Probably the best season they've had since the Daniel Murphy era for the Rams of Inglewood High School. Their head coach is Mr. Lee Geiger. The Blue Devils. They won the district title last year. Their head coach is their very own in his first season, Kyle Stanton. For the Rams, they're noble alumni. For Englewood High School, you have Butch Trucks, Ryan Freel, Daniel Murphy, Rhett Myers, Doug Ramsey, And Rasheen Mathis. Also, I know another notable Englewood Ram alumni is Ju head baseball coach Chris Hayes. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, and welcome. To the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, a part of a BigJReport.com production on this beautiful night of Tuesday, May 10th, here in the beautiful area of St. John's County, Florida. My name is Alex Nunnery. I am the sports reporter for BigJReport.com, and ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are here once again in beautiful St. John's County, Florida at Bartram Trail High School for a terrific regional semifinal between the 15 and 11 Oviedo Lions and the 19 and 8 Bartram Trail Bears. The Lions, their head coach in his second season is Mr. Andy Lyon, the head coach of the Bears in his fourth season. Ryan, the head coach of the Bears in his fourth season is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is an alumni of Bartram Trail High School, a class of 2008 alumni. He played his college baseball at Wingate University. Coach Lyon played his college baseball at Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky. No stranger to the Oviedo area. Coach land to the Final Four in 2014 and coached at Lake Howell before coming to Oviedo High School. The commits for the Oviedo High School Mighty Lions. You have TJ Lane, a South Florida State College commit. Carter Cook, a Florida Tech commit. You have one of the best shortstops in the country. A NC State Wolfpack commit, Isaiah Barquette. And you have Xavier Lopez, a Daytona State College commits. Barquette, ladies and gentlemen, his dad, Andy, the former head coach of your Jacksonville Suns. The Suns, of course. Now the Jumbo Shrimp. Barquette's dad, Andy, led the Jacksonville Suns, the then AA affiliate, the, to the Southern League Championship in 2014 and won that championship, the, the most recent championship in Jumbo Shrimp slash Sun's history. The commits for the Bears. You have a Stetson commit, a right-handed pitcher, a senior, Hunter Pankey. You have a Tampa University commit, Ashton Pockel. You have a Florida State Seminole commit, Skylar Sanford, a Gator commit, Jacob Kendall, a Notre Dame commit, Brody DeLamalore, you have a UNF commit, Alex Lodis, a Keystone College commit, Ethan. A Keystone College commit, Ethan Golimo. You have a Florida State College of Jacksonville commits, Bryce Kemper and Noah Wood. And a Edward Waters commits, Jack <laughs> Zubko for the Bears. And of course a JU commit, a senior first baseman, Justin Nadeau. And a USF commits Anthony Saliba. The pitcher tonight for the Bears is the senior a Senior Ace Stetson commit. That's Hunter Pankey. He's a right-handed pitcher, ladies and gentlemen. A very good pitcher for the Bears. On the mound tonight for the Oviedo Lions, a sophomore with a 4.12 ERA. nine appearances, two and five, Eli Fleming. 37 and one-third is inning pitch with 30 strikeouts. 31 hits allowed for the sophomore Eli Fleming for the Oviedo Lions. The most noble alumni from Oviedo High School in beautiful Oviedo, Florida. Yeah, Mark Bellhorn, former JU Hall of Famer, Ronnie Murphy. And Blake Bortles, the most noble alumni from Bartram Trail High School. You have one of the best. First baseman. The first ever bear to appear in an MLB game. You have, that's Kyle Parker. You have Connor Maribel as well. You also have Nate Peterman, Xavier Brewer as well. And once again, myself, Alex Nunnery, is an alumni from right here in Bartram Trail High School. On the mound tonight for the Bears with a 2.08 ERA. Eight appearances, 4-0 and zero on the season. a Stetson commits a senior, Hunter Panky. Also the commits for the Bears, you have Colt Myers and Jesse Morell. Colt Myers, ladies and gentlemen. The son of former Inglewood great and MLB pitcher Brett Myers. innings pitched and 28 strikeouts for the senior Hunter Panky. 11 runs allowed, 29 hits allowed for Panky as well. The leading hitter for the Bears, Brody DeLamalore, the leading stolen base threat for the Bears, with 21 stolen bases as a senior. A JU commit, Justin Nado. Final from Howser Stadium in Tallahassee, Florida. It's the Florida State Seminoles 2. And the Jacksonville Dolphins 1. Once again, Florida State with a 2-1 win over JU in Game 1 of the doubleheader. The Dolphins and the Noles will play at 7 o'clock in Game 2 of the doubleheader. The Bears win! The Bears win! The Bears win, ladies and gentlemen. What a terrific season for the Oviedo Lions. But, ladies and gentlemen, the Bartram Trail Bears, the winner, 3 2 over the Oviedo Lions. Skylar Sanford, the winning pitcher. He's a Florida State Seminole commit. Three really good innings for Sanford. Colt Myers with a walk-off sack fly to beat Oviedo Lions. Colt Myers is a sophomore for the Bears. Brady Gilson, a Newberry commit, did not appear in tonight's game. Braden Gilson, I apologize. The Haggerty Timberwolves, they beat Ladies and gentlemen, what a heck of a high school career Dakota Stone had for the Sandalwood Saints. Unfortunately, him, his high school career ended today as Sandalwood lost 3-2 to at Haggerty. What an incredible high school senior season Malachi Withers had for the Fletcher Senators. Fletcher, they lost... 10 to nothing at university. The Bartram Trail Bears will host the Apocalypse Cup Lou Darters Friday night at Bear Stadium. The Mosley Dolphins, they annihilated the Stanton Blue Devils. What a season for Stanton, ladies and gentlemen. I will be at the Crusaders' house tomorrow night at Bishop Kenny High School to see Bishop Kenny, the mighty Crusaders, led by head coach Tom Edwards. The Crusaders will host the South Walton Seahawks tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at Bishop Kenny High School. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, a part of a Big BigJReport.com production. My name is Alex Nunnery. I'm the sports reporter for BigJReport.com, and ladies and gentlemen, it's another gorgeous night for high school baseball. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on this beautiful day of Wednesday, May 12th. May 11th, I apologize. Wednesday, May 11th. We are here on the banks of the St. John's River off Atlantic Boulevard in Jacksonville, Florida at historic Bob West Stadium of Bishop Kenny High School. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at historic Bob West Stadium of Bishop Kenny High School home of the Bishop Kenny Crusaders as went tonight the Crusaders will face off against the visiting South Walton High School Seahawks the Seahawks they are from Santa from beautiful Santa Rosa Beach Florida about 5 hours away from here in Jacksonville The Crusaders, the District Champs. They defeated Clay 2-1 last Thursday. Right here at Bishop Kenny High School. The Seahawks, they come into today's game at 14, 10, and 1. Their head coach is Nick. Nick Borthwick. The Seahawks, ladies and gentlemen, their star player is a freshman, a Florida State Seminole commit Braxton Barnes. While, ladies and gentlemen, the Bishop Kenny Crusaders, head coach in his 16th season, is Mr. Tom Edwards. Bishop Kenny, led by assistant coach David McMahon and KK Daniel, the Crusaders. Their star player, a JU commit, Garrett Corbett. He's a pitcher for the Crusaders. I'll say UNF commit, Cal Leonard. The Crusaders come into today's game at 19 and 6. The Crusaders, once again, led by Cal Leonard, a UNF commit. Garrett Corbett, a JU commit. Jack Newman, a junior for the Crusaders. Franco Chaluha for the Crusaders Aiden Charletta also you have a Stetson football commit Andrew Tabor for the Crusaders South Walton High School built in 2002 ladies and gentlemen Bishop Kenny High School built in 1952 right here on the banks of the St. John's River. Literally right across the river from the historic TIAA Bank Stadium, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ladies and gentlemen, the Crusaders, they have many numerous alumni from Bishop Kenny High School. Tony Ritchie, the first ever Mr. Baseball in the city of Jacksonville is an alumni of Bishop Kinney High School. Class of 2000 for Tony Ritchie. You also have Kevin Witt, a former jumbo shrimp hitting coach. You also have Jonathan Papelbon, a historic closer for the MLB. You also have Jaron O'Day, an historic submarine pitcher for the MLB. You also have Pat McMahon. McMahon led the Gators to to the World Series. Unfortunately, they lost to Texas in the World Series when Pat McMahon was the head coach. You also have Matt Gamble. And you also have former Bishop Kenny Crusader current Pittsburgh Pirates left fielder, Ben Gamble. You also have Roger Strickland as well. Also from this great school, you have Super Bowl champion John Walford of the Los Angeles Rams, a former Wake Forest Stephen Deacon, and in high school a former Bishop Kenny Crusader. Also from this great school of Bishop Kenny High School. You also have Travis Chapman. A former Philadelphia Philly. Darren O'Day. A class of 2002 graduate of Bishop Kenny High School. Former Gator grade Darren O'Day that is. And Baltimore Oriole. Current Atlanta Brave, Darren O'Day. Ben Gamble, a class of 2010 graduate of Bishop Kenny High School. The Crusaders, the 2002 and 2008 state champion. of high school baseball. Todd Dunn, a Bishop Kenny Crusader as well. He's chilling. Pat McMahon, a class of 1971. On the mound tonight for the Crusaders. You have a freshman. He does not have an ERA. point zero zero. point zero zero. 11 innings pitched. Four appearances. Two wins. No losses. For the freshman Hayden Wilmot. For the Crusaders. One strikeout. Three walks. 11 innings pitched. For the freshman Hayden Wilmot. The Crusaders leading hitter. At 4'11 ERA, Andrew Tabor. Link home run, Jack Newman with two home runs for the Crusaders. The Crusaders, a team that does not run very much. Nine stolen bases for their leader, Josh Mar Carbonell. Dakota Dix with a .70 ERA for the Crusaders. Mason Terry with a 97% fielding percentage. Aiden Charletta with 21 RBIs for the Crusaders. The winner of this game will face the winner of Arnold and Wakola. On Saturday at 7 p.m. If Bishop Kenny wins, the Crusaders will host that game. Ronan Fowler with a 433 average to lead the Seahawks. He also has 15 stolen bases to lead the Seahawks. Hudson Mandel, point nine zero ERA for the Seahawks. Charlie Guidros with fifteen RBIs to lead the Seahawks. On the mound tonight for the Seahawks with a two point one two ERA, thirteen appearances, one win, no losses. Is a freshman, a Florida State Seminole commit, Braxton Varnes. 39 and two-thirds innings. 44 strikeouts for the freshman Braxton Varnes, ladies and gentlemen. Aiden Geraghty, seven stolen, seven triples to lead the Seahawks from beautiful Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Colby Halter, the second baseman for the University of Florida Gators. It's a Bishop Kenny Crusader alumni as well. Halter won the best second baseman in the SEC. Once again, he plays for the University of Lordigators. Gators. And number four, number the Trinity Christian Conquerors. defeated St. Joe's, flashes ten to one today. The St. John's Country Day School Spartans up seven to nothing. The Bishop Kenny Crusaders are down six to one versus South Walton. Ladies and gentlemen, we head to the bottom of the seventh inning. The Crusaders. The Comeback Crusaders as they might as well be called. The comeback kid. The Bishop Kenny Crusaders, down by five runs going to the bottom of the sixth inning. The Crusaders scored five runs to tie this game up. At six apiece in the bottom of the seventh inning, the Crusaders have a chance to walk up South Lawton being down three to nothing in the first inning for the Crusaders. It's Tabor time, as they call it here. Crusader ball five. Andrew Tabor, the, the sets in football commit, but one of the best center fielders. the Kenny leadoff hitter, is at the plate in the bottom of the seventh inning. If Kenny scores, they will face Arnold, most likely right here, on Saturday night at 7 p.m. Once again, the head coach of the Kenny Crusaders in his 16th season, a veteran, a former University of Florida Gator baseball player, Tommy Edwards. First. Tabor got hit on the pitch.
0: One, Josh
1: now batting for the Crusaders, the shortstop, Josh Mar Carbonell. If Carbonell gets aboard, it'll be the J.U. Dolphin Garrett Torbett time. Ladies and gentlemen, a run wins it for the Crusaders. If they do not score, we go to the 8th inning. High school baseball, they play 7 innings normally. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been a will of a baseball game. Franco Chaluha, the comeback hero once again. He is Thanks the for heart for and soul team of team Bishop Kenny Baseball, baseball right Cedar. now, ladies and gentlemen. One of the hottest hitters in the Bunk area. Baseball. Franco Chaluha walked it Six. off with an RBI single, Bunkers. scoring Seven, five, Andrew Cedar. Tabor. The Crusaders Eight. victorious. Seven. Six and over the South Walton Seahawks. Saturday, right here at West we will get an interview In the from game. the walk-off hero himself, and maybe get an interview from the Ju Dolphin or a couple others of the mighty Crusaders. What a season the Arnold, Se- the South Walton Seahawks had, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, it can't do an end tonight. You witnessed a good one. I think you guys... Got- All right, we're, we're here with, with the Kenny Walkoff hero, Franco Chaluja. How did you play tonight for the Crusaders? Yeah, I feel like I played good. We won, so great game. All right. How does it feel to walk off a really good team again? feels really good, you know, Walkoffs <laughs> Always the best way to end the game, I feel. All right. Good luck against Arnold, man. Thank you. Hey, we
0: want to thank Alex Nunnery for those fine reports recently on the high school baseball, looking out the window, getting some rain Uh, Sunday afternoon, some rumblings of thunder on this uh, May 15th uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're listened to in as many as 36 states. We're listened to internationally and worldwide all over the place, all over the world, Bangladesh, uh, Brazil, uh, the UK, Andy Powers in the UK, Newport, Wales area. Hello to Andy Powers, one of our good listeners to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Andy Powers, hope you're doing okay. Um, also want to say hello to the folks listening in Hong Kong. Hey, guys. And um, let's see, Northern Ireland has been really, Ireland and Northern Ireland has been a big hub of listeners uh, for the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. We you know, we follow the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. We hope you enjoy the podcast. You can always reach out to me if you want to send me a message. Whether it's a compliment, a complaint, or what have you, or a question, you can uh, write to me. My name is Scott. Write to Scott, S-C-O-T-T, at BigJReport.com. That's my email address, Scott at BigJReport.com. But hey, thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to talk about, you know, we just heard from Alex and got some reports from Alex. Uh, I also want to mention our shout-out list. We've been trying to add some new guys to our shout-out list. Uh, Mike Riggins, who's had some some health issues. We want to keep Mike Riggins in our, our thoughts and prayers. Um and, of course, you can go to our BigJayReport.com Facebook group or even the website. We're going to be adding some more stuff on Mike Riggins uh, really, really soon, uh, very hopefully, and we want to continue to wish for uh, uh, prayers to him in a speedy recovery. Larry Cole and a pop guy. I know his Apopka blue daughter has gotten knocked out by Alex Nunnery's uh, Bartram Trail Bears recently in the high school baseball playoffs. Larry Cole, what a great guy, uh, affectionately known as the uh, governor of Apopka. Uh, Larry Cole, hello to you. Boy, uh, Apopka had a great football team uh, this past year in 2021. So, Larry Cole, hello to you. I want to say hello to my uncle Buddy up in, uh, he's in Gadsden, Alabama. He used to He was originally from Jacksonville, but he lives up near, around Gadsden now. My uncle Buddy Mullis. I want to say hello to Ray Jenny. Um, and of course, Ray Jenny uh, is in our Facebook group, bigjreport.com Facebook group, which is a public group. You can check it out anytime you want to. I want to say hello to Tony Lee, CJ Foreman. Boy, CJ Foreman, man, great member of our bigjreport.com Facebook group. And, you know, he sends me messages and, uh, gives me a lot of interesting uh, information and uh, opinions, and I really like it. Uh, the stuff CJ uh, CJ Foreman sends over to me, David Martin uh, really helps us with semi-pro football a good bit. David Martin played the game for a long, long time with the old Panhandle Crusaders. They're not operating as a team this year, but the Panhandle Crusaders, David played for them. You know, for a long time, he's played for other teams too. I want to say hello to Robert Mills. Enrique Crumbs, who plays for the um, the Spartans, the Magnolia State Spartans of the AFA, George Bowen, the guy that's had 18 uh, uh, safeties playing semi-pro indoor and arena football. He's gotten like 18 safeties as a defensive lineman uh, in his uh, long and illustrious semi-pro football, indoor and arena football. Uh, career george bowen good to have you always listening raymond bureau voice of trinity christian high school football where they've won back-to-back st- uh, state championships in triple uh, and AA, as i understand it now uh we say hello to george bowen john naylor bob martin's been vacationing out in uh, out near the bahamas somewhere i think in a cruise ship uh bob martin good to have you tuning in if you're listening in bob um Worked at me at a couple of different radio station stops. want to say hello to Bobby Eide, comedian Miller Mark up in New York. Alex Nunnery, one of our producers of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And he's also our BigJReport.com sports reporter. JC, one of my good friends. He's also a freelance writer, freelance writer for the BigJReport.com. And he's also one of our Teal Shirt Report podcast producers. want to say hello to one of our good listeners and Facebook members mary lou halub uh again miller mark the comedian up in new york hello to you mad max with the mad max uh, mix mad max our georgia bulldog football insider mad max hello to you rusty Kane, larry saucer from saucer realty and capital big george bowen who played with the dunedin pirates in semi-pro football in a spring league now i think he's moved over he's playing some southern uh, southern steam football and the last week, and, and even that game, they lost to the Peach State Cats. He still had six uh, tackles, but no safeties, as I understand it, from Big George Bowen. I want to say hello to our uh, former classmate. I guess he'll always be our classmate, Mike Pate. Randall Pogue from our Facebook group. Hello to you, Jack Sharkman, Big Sharks fan, who I know has to be happy after the Jacksonville Sharks defeated the Columbus Georgia Lions 49-20. The Jacksonville Sharks, 49, the Columbus Georgia Lions, 20. Some good defense for an arena football game. National Arena League, Jacksonville Sharks, 49, the Columbus Georgia Lions, 20. On Saturday night, May the 14th at the Shark Tank in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. So, special hello to Jack Sharkman. I want to say hello to uh, Brother Cooper. Brother Cooper... Aspenwall, I ran into him at uh, one of the pizza restaurants. We had a long talk about sports right there at the bar. Uh, and Larry uh, Matronakis, I think uh, Larry Matronakis has listened to our podcast, as I understand it. He was Alex Nunry's pediatrician like years ago when Alex when Alex was a kid. Raymond Bureau, again, a special hello to you, the voice of. Uh, Trinity High School, Trinity Christian High School football, where they won some state championships. There, great program. Raymond Bureau also uh, does Trinity Baptist College basketball games, and he's also involved with UNF games, even some JU games. I think he did a, I think he did a JU uh, ladies lacrosse game broadcast. So he's very versatile. Raymond Bureau, great guy. I affectionately call him the Paul Bunyan. Of high school sports broadcasting. And, you know, also want to say hello to Jerry Brown from Jaguars Let's Go. Great group. I'm in that group, that uh, Jaguars uh, FB group, and that Jaguars Facebook group. Jaguars Let's Go. Love the group. Jerry Brown, man, gives you a lot of great information that actually helps me on the podcast as well. Robert Irwin. That's right, Robert Irwin. We've got you on our shout out list as well. And um, again, Miller Mark. Miller Mark is getting really, really busy as a comedian up in New York. Miller Mark, we appreciate you tuning in. And Gerald Rogers, the one and only Gerald Rogers, the tail twister from our BigJReport.com Facebook group. Gerald Rogers, a, a special hello to you. So thank you for listening to episode and show number 25, episode show number 25, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. It is episode number 25. Hey, let's take a look at some number 25s, okay? Ricky Henderson might be the number one guy. The base stealer with the Oakland Athletics, I believe he wore number 25. I think he might have even changed numbers at some point in time, too. So, uh, Ricky Henderson, outfielder with the Oakland A's, the uh, stolen base king. Ricky Henderson wore number 25, as I understand it. We're checking the best athletes who wore number 25 for our episode show number 25 Richard Sherman I don't know man that that Seattle defense is pretty good man but they've got some characters that have been that have played for that team man they some of them guys have gotten into some serious trouble <laughs> off the field too I remember when the Jaguars beat them here during the playoff year when the Jaguars went to the playoffs from the 2017 season man those a couple of Seattle Seahawks tried to go into the fans and go into the stands I made mean. I forget who the player was, but, man, there was some bad there was some bad blood that day. I remember one of the um, Seahawks players. I'm not even going to say his name because we kind of know who he is, and I'm not really yeah, – I was never really impressed with him as a person, but but um, one of the uh, Seattle Seahawks defensive line guys tried to roll Brandon Linder. Actually rolled up right – in his the back of his legs tried to hurt the guy. Um, I think when the Jaguars were getting ready to go into victory formation, when they beat the Seattle Seahawks back in uh, uh, 2017, that was the year the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game in January of 2018. Enough on the Seahawks, right? George Brett, he's probably the third most important guy to wear the number 25 he was my brother's favorite player. My my young, he my younger brother, three years younger than me. I know he doesn't. He probably doesn't want me to mention his name out here on the podcast. So we'll kind of kind of keep it uh, between us here. George Brett was his favorite player. George Brett wore number twenty five. Um, Jim Tomei, country strong as they said. He didn't ever mess with steroids. He was country strong. Jim Tomey. And let's see, Derek Rose, a basketball player. I believe he wore number 25. Said so some of the top guys to wear number 25. Vince Carter wore number 25, basketball player. Barry Bonds <laughs> wore number 25. I'm going to end it with that. As far as, far as the number 25, okay? Uh, I, you know, from that group, I maybe George Brett might be my favorite guy. I liked Ricky Henderson, too. So... That'll do it. Episode show number 25 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast is in the books. We keep you up to date with Jacksonville Jaguars football, of course, first and foremost, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 25, recording this show on May 15th. We'll be back again in a few minutes or just a few hours, depending on when you tune back in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast network. Um, You can find our Teal Shirt Report podcast also on BigJReport.com. We have links to the Teal Shirt Report podcast at BigJReport.com. So always go there. We're on so many platforms. Anchor, of course, is our main platform, Anchor.fm. Of course, we're on the main Spotify, um, Apple, Buzzsprout. And many, 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 many others. There's one called Blueberry. That's relatively a new and Man, I find us everywhere. Thank you for listening again. Again, I was at the grocery store just today. I'm coming out of the grocery store, and Warren, who works at the grocery store, I heard him telling his buddies, say, oh, yeah, that's Scott with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. He does a podcast. Man, they know who we are at the grocery store. And Warren, you know, I need to add Warren to our um, to shout-out list. I'm doing that right now, Warren. I got Warren on our shout out list from the grocery store. Also, Michael, not going to say which grocery store, because um, they might make a good sponsor down the road to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. If you want to sponsor our show, click the support button. Simple to do. If you'd like to support the podcast, or simply write to me, send me a note at Scott at BigJReport.com. We are actively, you know, seeking sponsors all the time. Want to thank our sponsors. We do have dot Saucer Reality and Capital. Lake hits.com great internet radio where it's all good. And the Mad Max Mix, Mad Max Mix, man, it is the internet radio music request show. The internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. Mad Max is the host. He's also the Georgia Bulldog football insider for us. And he does a music request show on Wednesday night at uh, madmaxmix.weebly.com. Or find the links, simply find the links on our website at bigjreport.com in the Neighbors 2 area uh, or the Outside the Box section as well. And that's going to do it for this episode, episode show number 25 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Special thanks to my my producers that keep me laughing, keep me updated, um, you know, keep giving me great ideas for us to to Talk about you know on the Teal shirt Report podcast or even on the website or the Facebook group. Thank you guys for being there for me and and being with us and taking part in our podcast because it's a it is a group it is a group and team effort out here. Again, a special thank you to our producers Alex Nunry and also JC. And until next time, it's been great uh, here on March fifteenth. Man, it's raining in Jacksonville. I'm have to check the old rain gauge here in a few minutes, but it's raining on May fifteenth. In Jacksonville, Florida. I'm looking out the window now. We are getting some moderate to heavy rain right now. So yes, we did get rain on Sunday, May 15th during the during the episode show number 15. No, no, no. Let me change that around. Episode show number 25. You can go back and listen to 15. You can go back and listen to any um, edition of our podcast, any of our episodes but you have been listening this time around again. Let's restate this. Uh, You've been listening to episode show number 25, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast on this uh, rainy Sunday in Jacksonville, Florida, May the 15th. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to us in great places like Bangladesh, uh, Brazil, Canada, France, Puerto Rico, Montana. We got, that's that's where uh, George Bowen's, uh, Mother lives, I believe, up in um, up in Montana. But they're listening to us in all the states. Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Virginia, state of Washington. LaVisca Chenault, the Jaguars wide receiver, has got a contingent of folks that listen out in Colorado because he played his college football out in Colorado. And keep in mind, SEC football, we'll be talking about that on future and coming episodes because – As I heard the other day on sports radio, the Lindy's. The Lindy's and the Athlon books will be out in June, and it's already May 15th now. Good luck to uh, Billy Napier. Remember the old saying, scared money, don't make money. And you've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and when I get in my car and start heading north toward Georgia, if I ever head north up to Georgia, I'm going to be heading up near those red clay hills. That's right. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, this has been episode episode show number 25 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast now in our third season. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. We'll be back with a new episode here in just a few minutes or a few hours, depending on when you tune in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Have a great day. And again, Thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. We'll be back again soon. My name is Scott, and I'm out.